right. Can you hear me okay, Rob? Yeah, I hear you great. What about you, Billy? Yeah, I got you. Rob, can you hear me? Yeah, man. Here you go, Billy. Are you sore cool. from uh, hitting that car on Monday, or are we good? No, we're plenty good, man. I mean, you had a, I mean, you timed the pit stop with a damn sundial. I mean, how bad could it be? <laughs> Dude, I stayed. Hey, Rob, I got three tickets. A buddy of mine couldn't make it. And he messaged me, said, do you want to come? I said, uh, I know a guy that lives in Baltimore that will probably come. He said, you kidding me. I said, I guarantee it. You get killed to me. And then I stayed to watch y'all pit one time, and I left. <laughs> the dust was killing me. Yeah, it was definitely dusty. They could do a little bit more with track prep, I think, a little better job. I don't think they took full advantage of the rain the way they could have. Yeah. It's interesting you say that, Rob, because, you know, Monday morning, um, Monday morning in the, in the group text we have with the fellas, you know, we they were asking about, and I, hell, what I saw them doing like at, you know, midnight, you know, on Sunday night or whatever, Monday, early Monday morning, I was like, boy, that's that's hell. They working that track fine. If they keep it wet and moist, you know, after they get it dried out, if they keep it wet and moist, that track's going to be perfect. And then, I, and then they kind of stopped, and and they kept it. It was way too dusty, I thought. And I, and I thought they actually needed more water on it. Is that your take too? Well, this when I was after looking at the way the track, what the track did. Mm-hmm. With us on it, with so many vehicles on it for so long, yeah. and you know it started, it started, it slipped over, turned black, you know all that sort of stuff. Well, and then the dust comes out. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know you got rain coming. Yeah. And maybe I'm all wet, and I'm not. I'm not going to say I know I'm the end all be all of track prep, but in my mind, the thing to take advantage of would have been go ahead and cut it up. You know, use that cold packer, that vibratory cold packer that they were using on the top, mm-hmm. and do the whole track. Yeah, and then let it rain and let the water get in there, and mm-hmm. then go seal it back up. You know, yeah. pack it back down, yep. and run it and run it in, and then that water, all those cars are going to keep drawing that water up. Yep, and it's yep. not going to stay. It, I don't believe it would stay as muddy as they think it would have, but mm-hmm. it would have helped keep the dust down. That's my own opinion. That's just yeah. my own opinion. Well, and that's I know there's a guy smarter than me doing it. Right. That's a fact. I mean, I can. That, that's a fact. That would have happened. But I think what the what happened with that downpour, I think they they over exaggerated what they needed to do to get it out of there because it was that thing packed hard as shit on yeah. top after and they, you know. About and they put calcium on it. They put calcium on it to help dry it out. But it oh, did, yeah. they they could have run it. They should have yeah. run it and let it dry out naturally and slowly. Yeah. yeah. Because the sun was out all day. You didn't start till late afternoon. Yeah. And, and well, the reason it didn't work, the reason it didn't work Saturday is because there was no sun out there. You needed the sun yeah. to help dry yeah, it. It rained so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, it, it's funny you mention that because in in the business that I do, we 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 do scarification. Uh, I mean, it is a it's tested by by you know professional laboratories for density, moisture, all this kind of stuff. We we use hydrated lime, which is very similar to calcium. And I, you know, the thing about it is when you have sun heat and wind oh that, that that's exactly what you need to dry that shit out and you throw some lime or calcium in there it's going to suck all the moisture up and and i don't exactly think, uh, billy uh, or um hell jimmy wags was sitting over there to start finish line and hell he not only was he roasted <laughs> he was like he was complaining about the heat uh in yeah. in late march but he, he said he had a um he said he was uh, lightly seasoned by all the dust and by the time he got right. home i think he had to use a uh i think he had to use a, a claw hammer to get his damn his damn shirt off i think i think it oh. just kind of faded <laughs> into him there a little bit Dude, but I, I was under i was under the sweet mm-hmm. shade and the dust was heating me like i was like 68 rows up and yeah. oh wow it, it was horrible yeah, uh, um, Jimmy said he was in the mid 30s, and uh, it, it was you know he said now he had a hell of a time. Uh, he he no, absolutely had a hell of a time. But the dust is something that we got to control. And and I'm not bashing uh, the, the guys that prepped the track because they had a monumental task. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. And, and what they did to get it even raceable was, I mean, listen, um, they spent a ton of money literally a ton of money just on on calcium 
um, you know, to, to, to put it out there. I mean, that stuff is shit. That stuff is um, uh, a couple three hundred bucks a ton when you buy it by the tanker truck. So right. it's a uh, this is that th- they spend in a, a lot of money to get that track to where it is. We got to race in. It definitely provided um, you know an element that hell nobody in 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 the Cup hey, Series has had to deal with for a long time. Um, Billy, did you enjoy the race? Hell yeah, I loved it, man. And as much as I talked about it, like as a fan, I loved it. Those cars were so out of control. Like I wish the dust wouldn't have been bad, but I could have stayed. I would have stayed. My daughter was with me. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was real bad, and if she had to be with me. I would have probably stayed. I mean, God, I haven't seen those cars that out of control. I, I couldn't tell you. Now, Rob, I want to ask you um, uh, several questions, but I, the first one I want to ask you is when, 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 when I, I was watching on TV, and it was hard to watch it on TV because depending on what shot they took, uh, the I mean, the dust was too boy. big, it, it, the sun was terrible in some parts, but watching those cars bounce around, it, it looked violent. And from a fan's perspective, I haven't had, I haven't seen cup drivers have to deal with that maybe in my lifetime on something like that. But Rob, I, th- those cars were reacting violently around there and between the controlled slides and the, 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 the bumps, the, just the, the way they were fighting that wheel, I, it was amazing to watch from a fan perspective. And I got to imagine that um, the the cars, you know, just what can you tell us about the difference in the cars versus what you see every week? I don't even know how to ask the jam question, but please talk about you know the the rough and tumble uh, uh, abuse that those cars took. Well, I, I mean, aside aside from the obvious difference of the surfaces, I mean, the dirt surface changes a lot for a lot faster and a lot more than any asphalt or concrete racing service. And I, yeah. and obviously we are accustomed to track changing, temperature, taking rubber, et cetera, but dirt, dirt racing changes a lot faster and a lot greater. Yeah. And keep in mind, you know, they had those super late models there, those late models there, and that's a car built for dirt racing. And you watch those cats go into the corner <laughs> and you see that – you see it hike way over, and you see the left rear hike up, and it and that left rear tire falls up underneath the driver because you know that rear end housing is moving, which is yeah. kind of what the Cup cars were trying to do a few years ago. You know, trying yeah. to get skew in the car to get that left rear, you know, to lead that left rear to help the car turn better, and yeah. you know all that sort of stuff. And you try to run, you know, a little offset there and a little skew to it, but obviously we don't have the parts in the car to make it move, nor are we allowed to have the parts in the car to make it move like that. Yeah. Um. So. You adapt. And now, the other thing to remember is those cars are the same weight this past weekend as they are every other week. Hmm. So they're probably twice as heavy, if not more, than those late models. Yeah. And they are on probably half the tire. Yeah. Okay? So that's a big deal. Now, when I say getting back to the track surface, dirt's going to develop holes. Mm-hmm. It, it gets bumpy. As you can see, the bottom, the bottom got real bumpy, especially on the exits of the corners, the exit of two, the exit of four, really bumpy, you know, holes at the bottom. You saw guys go to the top and, you know, hang the back end out up against the cushion. You saw guys dime in the corner. They'd go in kind of low, you know, like with a low entry into the corner. They'd go to the top and then turn it down and then just drive downhill off the corner. You know, it, it, allowed, it allowed a lot of different techniques to be used. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, the the racetrack could get very violent. You could see the guys and they're sawing on the wheel. But then again, in a dirt car, you'll do that. You know, especially yeah. if anybody's seen a sprint car race, you see them in there sawing on the wheel. They the only time they're turning left is to set the car into the corner. Yeah. And then they're kind of holding the wheel to the right and they're steering the car with the throttle. Yeah. Um, and, and the cup cars, you could see some of the cup cars do that. Some of the guys were doing that. Some of the guys weren't hanging the back end out as much. I mean, there was a lot of different technique going on there. There was a lot of guys that have – the ironic thing I thought, and it was a shame that it happened, is Christopher Bell yeah. and, and Kyle Larson, probably the, arguably the two best dirt racers in the field, yeah. get collected early in the same wreck. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and what is unfortunate about that is there was a car that was basically, I mean, basically, I mean, it was just they they just happened to be there in the same place, and and those guys were were absolutely making the. I mean, I, listen, everybody did it did a great job. I, I was very highly entertained, but to see those two guys get taken out, I, Martin Truex Jr. Billy surprised the living hell out of me by number one <laughs> in the truck uh, race, uh, yeah, and in I the mean, cup he, race, he, he, he was in the, the cup race. race. And I thought he was absolutely the class of the first part of the race um, uh, on, on, on the cup race. And oh, I, I, I think I told you. I, I thought he was going to lap the entire field there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was like laying some laps down for sure. He Larson was, was the down. only one that was able to run pretty – you know, Larson started in the back and was up to like six, the top seven, I can't remember, yeah. when he got involved in that crash. and. I think Larson was the only car that had anything for uh, Truex at the time. That's yeah, what it certainly looked I, like. I would agree to that. And and here's what we got to do because I, the the on again, I, I thought it was very enjoyable sitting in Texas watching the race on my TV. However, the cameras could not do that. They 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 can barely do that that race justice, Billy, when it's on uh, the regular surface. But with yeah. all the dust and 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 all that stuff, it was just, it was very hard to get good TV camera angles, and I think we learned a ton about and, and they're doing it next year, and 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 okay, I, I'm I'm fine with that. We can we, we can visit that because that really concerns me. Hey, no, I have a I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish your thought, Corey. One thing they didn't, you know, they did all they announced was it's coming back. They did not announce a date. Which okay. If we do it in March again, that's just idiotic on their part again, and yeah. they did not say a time. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it'll be a night race. I think it'll I be a think night race. Be. I think just for the simple too. fact it'll help with the track. Yes. Yeah. That that sunlight won't pull as much water out of the racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and I think that's going to uh, head in a good direction. One more question. I would like some information from Rob on. All right. Next year we've been here, done that. We know what we got. Next year, we're going to a new car. Mm. Do any chance <laughs> we race this car at, we're in now at the That's Great question, Billy. Great question. What, uh, say that again. Finish that question again, Billy. I'm sorry. Does NASCAR allow us to race this style car next year at the dirt track? Are we going I would venture full? a guess and say no for the simple fact is everything – when we switch to that new car, when we switch to the Gen 7 – that new car, uh-huh. everything on these current cars is obsolete. About the only thing that will Damn. about the only thing that will come from this car and go into the new car is the seat and the helmet hook and maybe the rear view mirror. Well, I was afraid of that. Yeah. So so to to have us keep a car in the stable just for that and have to keep parts for it. Yeah. I, I mean I guess that it's a possibility, the but I don't think it's the way to go. Yeah. which is a concern for everybody because uh, – and the new cars that are coming out, the limited on cars, cars. well, that – and it's probably – it's expensive. That car yeah. costs probably three times as much as the car that we're running right now per unit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, and you saw the carnage yeah. from the dirt race. And yeah. I bring that up to a, a prime example. Eric Amarola gets the Bad Beat Award of the night. Because that dude did absolutely nothing wrong, got caught in a wreck, and that car is in the dumpster. Because it is destroyed. Yeah. And did nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong. Yeah. Well, you know what? Just got caught in it. That's a great question, Billy, because Mm -hmm. as fun as this this race was, we're going to a brand new thing, and it's going to be an absolute – I mean, you you think nobody was prepared for this year. Um, it's almost worse to have a year underneath our belt and then to have something because now we got to – it's going to be very difficult to forget everything we just learned to kind yeah. of go here. But one thing I do want to – I mean, I, I've got several questions, Rob, but the tire, I thought, acted fantastic because it looked like every freaking time a tire was taken off a car, it reacted – it looked differently than when the last set of tires had come off that car. So you could see the track change just by mm-hmm. looking at the tires that you pulled off the car, but from mm-hmm. a from a – 
an amateur who doesn't know much about tires, I thought that bias ply tire that NASCAR provided, or Goodyear got NASCAR, I thought it it was extremely well. Normally I'm bitching about the tire, but I thought it was fantastic. What, what's your take? Um, I it's been a, it's it's been a few minutes. It's been a minute or two since I worked with a dirt bias ply tire. I will say that. Yeah. But, like, I had to go, like, way back into archives of my tire knowledge to, like, man, you know. I'm like, when was the last time I measured a dirt tire? When was the last time I worked with a dirt tire? And I went, wow, I think I was 21. <laughs> yeah, long time so, ago. So, you know, like, there. so I was like, okay, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, do you remember how to do this? Do you remember what you need to do? And I sat, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. And, I'm sure, and, and there's other guys in the garage, you know, and that's another thing. Along, and we'll just go ahead and compare and contrast drivers and tire guys. Yeah. You've got drivers in the field that have a lot of dirt experience. You've got drivers in the field that have limited dirt experience. You had drivers in the field that had no dirt experience. Yeah. Well, the same thing for the tire guys. And, and top to bottom, and I'm just using sure. those two options yeah. for, to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had tire guys that have worked with bias ply dirt tires in their, in their careers. You had mm-hmm. guys that worked on bias ply asphalt tires in their careers, you know, K&N series and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and then you had guys that probably never worked on a bias fly tire in their entire life and yeah. had no idea what they were doing. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing is the bias fly tire behaves differently than the radial. A yeah. radial tire, you put air in it, it grows to a size, and it stays there. That's yeah. it. That's the size of that tire. A bias yeah. fly tire, you can get you, you want to get staggered. You can adjust stagger in a bias fly tire where you cannot in a radial. Yeah. And you do that. Uh, you take that right side tire, and let's say it comes it comes to you, you get it mounted, and it's got 20 pounds of air in it. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, then you go ahead and you go ahead and blow that thing up to like 45 pounds and set <laughs> yeah. it in the sun. Yeah. And that thing will just stretch right swell. out yeah. and swell right up, and you let her sit there for about a half hour, and then you let it back down to that number, that, that PSI mm-hmm. that you measured it at the first time, and you're yeah. going to see it grow considerably, and it'll yeah. stay there. Yeah. You know, it won't shrink. You're not, you're not going to put it in the cooler and say, oh, I need it smaller. You're not yeah. going to put it in ice, and it, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's, yeah. like a, it's like a bad T-shirt that gets put in the dryer and stretches out. It ain't coming back. That's right, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just going to stay big. Mm-hmm. That said, the left sides will do the same thing. So mm-hmm. if you want to take stagger out, once yeah. you stretch those right sides, if you want to take stagger out, now you've got to pump those left sides up and stretch them. Yeah. That's the way you get stagger out of the car. Yeah. So it, oh. it's kind of it, there's a lot more science to the to the bias ply than there is the radio. A lot yeah. more science. <laughs> yeah. well, well over my pay grade. Well, well, one thing's for sure, it allows you to customize it, to, and and that's the hard yeah. thing when you do one damn race. You, you can customize it to, but the track changes so damn fast. Every driver is different and and experienced, like you just said. The temperature, I mean, I mean, hell, all of a sudden that sun is out there beating hot, and it just it, to me it was fascinating just to sit here and know that. All this stuff is trying to take place. By the way, there is a race going on, and the sun, Rob, I'm sure you saw it on the on the TV down there in front. Bill, you couldn't see shit. No. And part of that race coming through that, I mean, the sun was just a damn. I mean, when that one wreck came out there, when when the sun was, I mean, hell, we the in car camera. I don't know how the hell he could. He could. I mean, I think he was just driving until he hit something. Um, yeah. I mean, he had no other thing to do. I, it was. It was absolutely the, crazy. The dust was heavy, and there's nowhere there was nowhere for it to go. Yeah, you know because of the stands. You know what I mean? At a typical yep. dirt track, the stands aren't as high. They for yeah. sure aren't four or five stories high. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like the dust isn't going to dissipate. It's just going it, to it's going to take its time going straight up. Yeah. You know, and, and it just sticks in the corners. Yeah. And you're exactly right. When it dried out, like we were somewhere in about the middle of pit road, mm-hmm. and you could look down at the corner and be like, "Where are they?" <laughs> that yeah. is so crazy. Like, Bristol. where's the car? That is so crazy. That place is so small. And you know when they did uh, overhead shots from above the uh, um, above the the track, the tops of the suites were 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 clay red color. I mean the top really? of the suites, the yeah. roof was 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 red. And and that just tells you how much dust is up because it had rained like hell the whole night before. They were washed clean, and uh, oh, yeah. and then they were. I mean you could go up there and, and probably lose. It. Listen, I, I I give 100% kudos to the guys that prepared the track because without Absolutely. them, 
um, this race could have been absolutely disastrous. And they did really, really, really well. I think they learned a lot. You know, yeah. there's a, there's I was a just going to say that, Dan, yes. Yeah, lessons learned for sure. Uh, and I think, uh, Billy, what, what did you say Marcus Smith said about possibility for, for another dirt race, about something with the rain? Uh, he is as mentioned on the download. I was listening to it before you called, and there are very serious talks about putting a canopy over Bristol Motor Speedway. Hmm. Like, I mean, it's doable. It's, uh, it, I, I foresee it within the next year or so, maybe two years, but – like he was highly talking about, he was like, we have these cables that's holding Colossus out. He said, there's no way that he doesn't see any way that we couldn't put a canopy over. He doesn't want a roof. He wants a canopy just to have in case. Well, as somebody who builds canopies over baseball fourplexes, not only do I think that's a disastrous idea, I think they're wildly idiotic to even consider it um there, there there's there's the, the the structural integrity and the engineering that have to pull that feet off is is confounding and and i i think i think that would be absolutely idiotic and um but 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 i i, I applaud them for trying but let me yeah. tell you what if they were going to do something what i would do is is because that place is so damn small they could literally how wide is that track rob is it 60 feet Maybe. 60, Maybe. Yeah. From, from wall to wall? From wall yeah. to wall? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and listen, I had, I've had this idea for, for 18 years because I actually talked to Steve O'Donnell about this at Texas Motor Speedway. This is no shit before they came out <laughs> with the Air Titan. Um, you know, when we do – so when we prepare the soil – um, uh, in Texas, when you have to lime stabilize or places where you have a lot of clay, you have to take that uh, the plasticity out of the soil. We use a PVC or a um, uh, HDPE liner. It's, it's like a pool liner uh, you know, mm-hmm. or a pond liner on top of the surf uh, underneath the subgrade so that we keep that moisture level underneath it. You could just as easy take a 15-foot. Billy Bradley, about when, when Billy Bradley was on a disabled list, he went and got me a bunch of 15-foot long rolls of uh, – of um of uh, filter fabric but billy yep. think of a 15 foot roll of that stuff but with with 20 mil pvc that you put over behind a safer barrier where it's out of the way you have a mechanical thing where it winds it up you just throw it out on the track it literally oh would God, take thanks. less than 30 seconds to do it and i promise you you're not going to you're not gonna, when wind gets up underneath that canopy, and it will, um, there's absolutely going to be disastrous, and people will die. I'm just telling you right now. That's just that's a that's a nice thought, but that is never going to happen. I put my professional uh, opinion on that right there. But I will tell you this: the fact that they're thinking along these lines tells you that they are innovating and trying to figure out to make this thing a regular thing. We thought this might be a one-off. there's no way this is going to be a one-off. I don't know if it's always going to be there, but if they're going to put the time and effort to study this, it's going to happen. Go ahead, Bill. I I think you're exactly right. Now, I don't want to go haywire with it and have five or six like we are with the – we did it with the mile and a half. We're doing it with the road courses now. Yeah. I mean, it it was on the Today Show, for God's sake. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a done deal every year we're going to see it. Whether, I mean, Marcus Smith also said that it cost him millions of dollars just before the rain even hit to do this. So, yeah, yeah. And they only sold 30,000 tickets, so I doubt they made too much money out of it. Billy, if you could keep the dust down, if you could keep the dust down, like, like when you go to a normal, you know, dirt track. And it, listen, it's always dirty at a, at a dirt track. We we yeah. know that. I mean, it, it's it, that you're not getting away from the dirt. Um, it's like going to a cow pasture and wondering why there's there's shit laying all over the place. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you get when you go there. But if we can keep the dust down, Billy, uh, that track is going to become wildly popular. And that race, I'm not saying we're going to pack 160,000 fans ever in a Bristol again. I'm not saying that. But I promise you, the people will come to go see that if they can go there and watch a race. I, I believe they absolutely. What do you think? I think you. I think you see it so loud. I think you see 160,000 people there if it's done the right time, right weather conditions. 
if they do it with heat races with cup guys and the truck guys and they get some listen i I thought it was wildly entertaining and 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 i think if they have a full weekend like they used to I think it would. I think it would do very, very, very well, and it has the, the it has the potential of any race we got, save for the Daytona 500, to have 160,000 people there. I was just talking to um, uh, my buddy Lewis uh, right before I called you guys. He was sitting out front. We were talking. He asked me if I was going Texas Motor Speedway this year, and I said, "Man, I don't know. I, I like going to three day race, race weekends. You know, I don't want to go up here and watch this. You know, all star race maybe." Um, you know, that sort of thing. You you go back to something like Bristol used to be. Uh, you got to get a camping spot, <laughs> and you're going to have racing all day uh, for three straight days. Billy, that's the, that's the formula to get fans back in the stands. Yes. Now, we need to do it safely. We need to make sure we can watch the race. But, I, I listen, it, it was it was fun. It was good. The truck race was wildly entertaining. Um, and, and, and I thought it was fantastic. Let's, um, is there anything else we need to ask Rob about? I had about 40 questions during the race and I was like, I need to ask Rob about that. Um, Oh, is there anything else? Let me me interject something. We were talking about tires and about how the track was changing. Uh, and they had changed the, they changed the format up a little bit, changed the segment basically, uh, and added two competition yellows, which basically gave us five segments of 50 laps. Yep. So the first 50 laps, obviously, there's you know they did some track prep in between the uh, in between the truck race and our race, the cup race, and the first set that came off after the first 50 laps looked really good. Yeah. What you know, tread was all the tread was there. I mean, there was some obvious tire wear, but not as bad like we had seen in practice, et cetera. The second set that came off, right rears were, you know, the tread blocks were all but gone. Yeah. The third set that came off, I saw fabric on our right rear, and I went, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, we, are, we might see the air in some of these tires before we're done for the night. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, okay. I was like, uh, and it was funny, as Ryan was, t- was talking to me on the radio, he would be like, I, I need to see that tire. And he, I, I guess he was just saying it out loud knowing that I could hear him. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. every time the right rear would come off, I'd have to take it to the wall. Before yeah. I went and did my, you know, my post run, get my post run information off of it. Yeah. And I would hold it up on a tire and or hold it up on the wall, and I'd have to key the mic and be like, Ryan, look to your left. Yeah. So he would look over, and then you know, and it was it was really it, to me it was amusing, and nobody saw <laughs> yeah. it, but it was amusing to me that I, Ryan looked to your left, and you could see him turn his head a little bit, you know, because the Hans device is on her, and he's not going to turn his head a lot. Yeah. So yeah. You could see him turn his head, and it was funny. It was, like during practice, he always wants to see the build sheets mm-hmm. after every run. He wants to see what the tires are building, where the tires are building, what they're building to. Yeah. So I just hold the hold my little book in the window, and he mm-hmm. when he gets done looking at it, and he could be talking on the radio looking at the book, and then he'll nod his head when he's done. Yeah. Well, I'm holding this tire on the wall, Ryan, look to your left. So he'd look, I could see him turn his head, and then he would give me the little nod like, all right, I've seen it, thank you, mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. on. And <laughs> It was amusing to me that he's like, I need to see that tire. All right, man. <laughs> you know, that third tire came off. I said, he goes, uh, I need to see that tire. And I went, man, I don't know if this is a good idea or not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure you want to see this, buddy, but, you know, here you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well, yeah, it, but it, we never – the only tire issues were stuff – were flats. Yeah, and a lot of that was contact. You know, or hit, hitting the fence, another vehicle, because we ran really low air pressures there, like Martinsville low air pressures there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if anybody got into single digits on the left rear, the yeah. kind of the way we'll, we might dabble in that when we go to Martinsville next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if anybody got single digits on the left rear, but it, it, it was, it, there was probably some people that were thinking about it, but the danger of that is rolling that tire yeah. off the bead, you know, yeah. self-infliction of a flat. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a cool experience. I will say, and I'm, I have to say this just for the record, I did enjoy it. I yeah. did have a little fun. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It was actually a better show than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, some of the guys on some other teams actually had a chance. They had gotten there and watched some of the truck race, mm-hmm. and they said it was cool as hell to watch from the stands. 
Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. I agree. And I downed this race from the get-go. I said, this is a yeah, dumb shit. That they, and I ate those words. And I'm okay we're, we're, Yeah, that. we're all eating crow, aren't we? We are yeah. all eating crow. And I'm glad to say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, trust me. I'm that, happy to be the, wrong. The best, yeah, exactly. I think we all feel that way about about this race because I, I was convinced it was going to be a shit show, even though I was looking forward to it. Uh, I, I just, and and the simple reason was because I, we we all knew it was going to rain for Christ's sakes. It's it's Bristol in March. It's going to rain. Yeah, it's and going to rain. Uh, but I listen. Those guys did a fantastic job with the track. The drivers. Yeah. Hey, we saw the drivers step up their game. To be quite frank with Absolutely. you, we didn't see. I, I mean, it was. And and Kevin Harvick was dreading his damn thing, and and I he, I mean hell he he even said he was dreading it, and he came yeah, out yeah. and he had a fantastic time and he loved it, and yeah. and when you and he got had, and he had I, I think he had a decent day too. I mean he I don't, he, he wasn't top five, but he I think he had a decent day. All things considered, all things considered, you're absolutely right. And when you got got veterans like Kevin Harvick. I, he ain't no rookie. He, he ain't been no. a rookie since 2001, okay? And when you got correct. him excited about something like that, yeah, uh, that's, a good late, thing. that's a great thing. And, and I think everybody wins when, um, you know, when something like this happens. Let, let's talk a little bit here um, uh, about the race because I, 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 I was wondering when we were going to get to this part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought for sure there at the end, Billy Bradley, that – um, that that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was coming up there, and he was absolutely going to going to get it. I, I really did. I the way he was running and that sort of thing, and and Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin said after the race, which is something that I could see on TV uh, at that third stage. We talked about it in our group chat, but the track was prepared differently before that third stage, and I don't oh, yeah. know if it was because um, maybe the, the, I mean at the up top there was a lot of marbles up top that they weren't there before. And it, it didn't look like they did as much on the top. And that top was a little bit slippery. Danny Hamlin gets up there and, and, and kind of loses it a little bit. Tyler Reddick, same thing. You know, Tyler Reddick's always going to run the top and he had a little trouble there, but you look at guys that were running at the bottom and the middle all day long, Ricky Stenhouse jr. By the way, Daniel Suarez, for me, is the big winner here, even though he didn't win the race. Daniel Suarez yeah. impressed the living shit. Out of Datto, I, I I would just I could not believe what he did. Ryan Newman absolutely crushed it on the inside. Uh, ran well all damn day. William Byron and from the stubborn inside. on the bottom too. Good yeah. God, yeah. I, I mean yeah. I'm sorry, and I you know what I will I will run across eight lanes of traffic for our guy. I will. Yep. yep. But good God, was he stubborn with the bottom? I was I was down there. I was watching a few times. I'm like, dude. I'm like, get off the bottom, catfish. I said, try the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like something. I'm like, yeah. do something. Try something yeah. different. I, Dude, he was not coming off that bottom. The only time he got in the middle was when he done that 360 spin right there and pretty much in front of you guys. Oh, and we got I thought our day that. was over. I thought the same thing was going to happen to us that happened to the 10. I said, oh, we're going to need a dustpan for this car here. In a when that happened. All of a sudden, he does his little pirouette, and nobody hits us. And I went, well, all right. I'm like, we got lucky there, dodge the bullet. I'm like, cool. Maybe we can have a good day now. See, mm-hmm. I, you can't do that on the normal race because you're going to end up at the bottom as fast as you possibly can. But oh, yeah. If, and, 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 oh, yeah. And Ryan you've knocked Newman, the nose off. If that happens on that concrete track, you've knocked the nose off the car. 100%. And, he, you know, every the, the only time I went to New Hampshire, um, which I thought was a shitty race, I couldn't stand it, but I, I was I was in, hell, or Providence, Rhode Island or something, and I, and I drove up there for the race. But um, Ryan Newman always run those little what, – what's the cars he runs up there, used to run up there? Do you all remember what they're called? Modified. Modified, yeah. He the ground pounders. Yeah, he runs the ground pounders up there. He runs the modified there, kid. And it yeah. looked to me like he was doing a, a, a move. Like I mean, it was it was awesome to watch. And the fact that he kept it pretty straight right there in the middle and guys were able to get around him. I was like, boy, if this was a concrete track, that there would have been about ten cars piled up, and he would have been at the inside, crashed up. Yeah, it was, we would have we would have been on the truck. I'm I, I have to agree yeah. with you. I think we would have been on the truck after that. Um, but but I thought it was a I thought it was a good race, Billy Bradley. Even though it was hard to see, I, I thought it was a very entertaining race. And uh, Eric Jones is somebody else who surprised me. And I mean, he finished ninth. Um, but but here's somebody is Michael McDowell continues to impress 
they 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 started out fantastic this year. Then they dipped down in the yeah, mid late. Didn't he win a he won a big race? I think beginning of the year, didn't he? That he that's kind of why he's listed. That that race, and I have no idea. That that don't. race has made his season. They yeah. don't release the pay windows anymore, but yeah. I've heard that that almost doubles to some of the other race winnings. You yeah. win that race, you don't have to. You you're set, especially if you're Michael McDowell. He finished twelfth, and 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 listen, it it just shows you how much how important it is to be able to start up front in some of yeah. these in these races with this qualifying format but he hey listen he's driving the hell out of that car and obviously it's uh winning the daytona 500 and getting the payout really helps but uh the benedetto finally had a good race chris busher comes in 14th kevin harvick finished 15th and he smiled the whole damn time very strange kurt bush That's had a good, kind though. of a rough day he finished 16th kyle bush billy bradley kyle bush started out was it lap one and was overheating <laughs> or some shit Yep, uh, like I think uh, like the four or five laps into it, he's going down pit road, and I don't have a headset or anything. I'm texting. What the hell happened to the 18? Yeah, Rob, we, he uh, he had he had uh, heating issues. He was overheating early, and I think yeah, that yeah. that put him way behind. But they they battled back. Yeah, when they showed the fronts of those cars, Rob, on on pit road. It looked like somebody had put three inches of of damn uh, uh, spackle or something on the front of those cars, and and I thought the the you know where they had the what was it Velcro that they pulled off is that what is that, is that how the the it was they could change the front grill was it a Velcro piece we were we were using and a lot of teams we were using that a lot of teams were using that it was like an outerwear yeah basically it's a it's a fine mesh mm-hmm. and we had put Velcro you know cut it to size for the grill opening. And yep. put Velcro on it so we could change them out at the pit stops, you know. Yep. And in between your, you know, and we, you know, I'm sure everybody did the same thing. You know, we made three or four of them, yep. and you, you know, put new ones on early, and then you, you know, in between, them you know, during the 50 lap runs, you know, you're blowing them out and cleaning them up, and then you know, you just throwing them back on there, and yep. that helped keep some of the dust and dirt from packing in the radiator. And Ryan Newman made a comment. He got behind the 22, and I guess, I, I don't know, they made contact or whatever, bumped him. There was no damage on the nose of the car, but they must have made contact. And we were even having some heating issues because he kept saying, you know, we're, we're a little warm, we're a little warm, and it was a concern. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden he made a little contact with the 22. He goes, I don't know if it was when I hit the 22 or what. He goes, well, all of a sudden we're cool as hell now. It must have knocked everything loose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, we're either cool as hell or we've run the water out of the thing, and the temperature yeah. and that, all that thermostat's doing is reading the air. Yeah. Isn't going to bode well for long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that may be a short term, short term <laughs> thing. But I, it was a very interesting top ten to say the least. Especially like we said earlier with the chase, uh, um, or with the the twenty and the and the five getting in their little uh, their little dust up their little dust up there. I, it was it was all in all. I, I think we've all agreed that it was a, a very good race. Okay, let's stop. We got to address the elephant in the room. What's that? Oh boy. The single file restart. Oh God. Yeah, we, we absolutely have to do that. Now, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was done as a safety issue because of the dust, yes? Uh I think th- I think that was a multifaceted thought and I okay. will say and, and I will back it up with this. I think one, it was a safety issue with the dust. Two, it was like uh we're wrecking like pigs on restarts because we're double file and the yeah. top is the top was the Mac on the restart. The right. Top was yeah. the Mac. Yeah. You, wanted well, to be really in, you wanted to be in an even spot because you wanted the top. That's yeah. it. So it was, and then it was, it was, it was that old adage was was coming through caution, breed caution. Yeah. So yeah. It, I think it was part of it was a safety thing, and the other part was all right. We need to keep this race moving. We're going to go to a single file restart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so but we I really didn't it was, give it an opportunity fact. to see. Like I, I know, I know the reason why. I, I get it, but. We tore more cars up in Martinsville than we did at the dirt track. Uh, Billy, that, that has been true for for many years. I, I would agree with you. There's two things that that that, that I want to comment on. One, 
you know, I have no problem bashing the shit out of NASCAR, but I have always praised the double file restart. It's made every track better, the double file restart. We used to do single file restart and put the glass down cars on the inside. Yeah. I hated it. And when we did the double file restart, it made every mile and a half track watchable for at least the restarts, okay? Number two, I know we didn't use a choose cone here. However, I think you, if if you're going to go to you, – we may need to start bringing that thing in because the choose cone comes from a damn dirt track. Um, uh, I think we're overthinking it, but okay, go ahead. Well, I, I just put it to you this way. We cannot do single-file restarts. We, we just can't. we got to get away from it. But I think if we get the track, you know, fixed – and and that's and and get away with some of the dust and that sort of thing and a little bit better on the track for preparation. We won't have to do it. But if we go to single file restarts on this race any other time in the future, we have failed as a uh, as a NASCAR um, uh, group. We just mm. cannot do that. Um, I, I, I think there's some validity to that, Dan. I I think you're. You're on to something there. I will agree with you that. And whatever the answer is, we have to do a double file restart there because it just takes away from the product, the reason why we're there. Um, and, and, Billy, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I completely forgot about it. I, 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 just, I just did. But, you know, boys, it's funny because who's leading the, the standings right now is uh, Denny Hamlin is leading the standings. Uh, yep. He's got zero wins, six top fives, um, uh, and – He's got three stage wins. He's tied with uh, Kyle Larson with three stage wins. Joey Logano, um, our race winner, is uh, second. Martin Truex Jr. is third in the points. Kyle Larson's five. Brad Keselowski, uh, excuse me, four. Brad Keselowski, five. William Byron, six. Ryan Blaney, seven. And look who's sitting here in eighth, boys, Kevin Harvick. You know, the guy's having such a shitty year. Uh, yeah, that's the scary guy right there. Yeah, in eighth, uh, Chase Elliott ninth, Christopher Bell tenth, Austin Dillon eleventh, Michael McDowell twelfth. I think that's impressive as hell. Kyle Busch is thirteenth, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I think that's impressive as hell is fourteenth, Kurt Busch fifteenth, Alex Bowman sixteenth. Um, but here's a, a few things that 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 uh, let's talk about who's right out of it. Chris Busher seventeenth, he's only four points out. Um, Ryan Priest, he's 18th. He's 18 points out. Ryan Newman is minus 23. He is 19th. Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace are 20th and 21st, 28 points and 36 points out. To me, guys, the two biggest stories of this entire year is Michael McDowell and Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez and that team right there has absolutely come afire. Nobody gave them any chance whatsoever. A brand-new team, new guys coming in, that sort of thing. I've been wildly impressed with Daniel Suarez. I've been wildly impressed with the entire organization. And I look at Bubba Wallace, and, and, and listen, I'm not saying I'm not impressed with those guys, but brand-new team, I get it. And it's and it's basically the old Levine, uh, Levine family racing guys out there, but – I think Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell, to me, are the two biggest stories we have moving forward. Now, I also say we've got we've run seven races. Is that correct? And we got seven winners. Seven and seven. Yeah, that's big. That's huge. Uh, Billy Bradley, what would you say would be? Um, uh, you got anything else that would be your your big? What is your biggest story so far through our uh, for our, our, our Easter break? Um, the, I, my biggest story is how big of a success the dirt track was. Like I, I, from the get go, I downed it and downed it. But I mean NASCAR, we've had like, what a season! You just said that too. Seven races, seven different winners. What a great time it is to be a NASCAR fan. Um, we've said it for two years, Billy Bradley, that th- the last year of this car will be the greatest year that you and I have ever seen. And, and, and so far, it has absolutely lived. I have hyped the shit out of this thing with you, Billy, for two solid years, and I am still entertained. It is not yeah, only met expectations, it has exceeded expectations. We would have never picked this thing out, and I, I couldn't be more thrilled as a fan. Rob, you're a, uh, an insider in the garage. What do you think the biggest story is uh, so far through the first seven? Uh, seven different winners, and the quote-unquote usual suspects from last year haven't won yet. Yeah. I think that's yes. huge. Yes. I think well, that's yes. huge. Not Rob, to say, it's funny and, you bring and, that and up. And they will. And they will. Oh, they I, will. I, I, There's no I doubt in my mind. And, and, they, and there will be – and you're going to see multiple winners. Yeah. You know, m- multiple race winners. 
you're that you're it's, you're not going to see yep. 26 different winners through the season. You're not going to see that. Yeah. Okay. Here's now. It, with that said, addressing the playoffs, winning your in is a big deal. Yeah. You know. Now, once you get to, if, and I don't think it's been done yet. If you get to 16 winners, that's then then this, you know it's a game changer <laughs> yeah. after that. Yeah, that 17th winner makes a difference because now now you're looking at points. You might yeah. have won a race, but now you got to look at your points. Those guys that are you know that are back in 15th, 16th in points, yep, and have a race win, you could get bumped out. I mean, we haven't seen it, and dare I say, I don't think we will. Mm-hmm. But seven different winners in the first seven races is uh, uh, it's different. It hasn't been done. I don't think it's been done in a while. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about this, this whole thing is, is we're talking about right now, um, Kyle Busch being 13th with no victories and, 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 and stage wins. We're talking Kyle Busch is 13th through seventh. And, I was worried about Michael McDowell, and as long as he stays up there in 12th place, you know, you got to figure. I mean, through, it's only seven races. I get it. We the cutoff's at 26. You know, he's, uh-huh. a, he's not even a third of the way there yet. Okay, but it, Rob, what you just said, it absolutely is still in play. It is in play until the 26th race, as far as I'm concerned. And because Michael McDowell's got a victory. That team's not used to finishing where they need to finish here, and so yeah. it's going to be. It's going to be. I, I, listen, this is all to say we each had three different things that we we thought was, um, and, and and there's there's five other things that people could choose about what makes this year so fun and interesting so far. And I think if this is the case, and the three of us, very knowledgeable fans, have three different things that you know we're looking at as the the most impressive thing through seven races. This is a special year, and it's it's a it's a great time to be a NASCAR fan. And I, hell, I'm already looking forward to getting to Martinsville for Pete's sake. And we still have a whole week. Of, we got uh, Easter dinner to eat and and Easter eggs to to, to hunt and find and um uh, and all that kind of stuff. Rob Lowe's, what you got any uh, uh Easter family food traditions that uh, that that the the Lokes family enjoys? Uh, no real traditions, really. I mean, uh, we're we're having a family dinner, and I think it's good. This is a good. This is. I think this break was very. It was came at a good spot for everybody in the sport. Um, we all needed a break, especially after the Bristol race, because uh, you know that that was, you know that was one that was circled on everybody's calendar because it yeah. was so different. There was a lot of different preparation involved, and it was something that you know that some extra energy was put forth into it. It wasn't like, okay, we're, we're going to Bristol. It was, okay, we're going to Bristol and we're dirt racing. We got to, you know, do some things different. We got to build the cars a little bit different. We've got to prepare a little bit different. And, and it's a good, this break fell at a good time. It's a good time to, to unplug a little bit, recharge your batteries, get, you know, get in touch with family, have a, have a nice family dinner tradition, you know, whether it's traditional or not. Uh, And, and not just for the people in the sport, but for everybody. It, it's a good yeah. time to just decompress a little bit, take a breath, take a step back from things and say, okay, this, this is a big deal, and we need to all be good on Good Friday for sure and, yeah. and let that move forward into every day that ends in a Y. Be mm-hmm. a good person. Be a better person. There's nothing more important than being a good human. Nothing. Uh, well said, uh, very well said, Billy Bradley. What do you guys do for uh, you do anything uh, uh, tradition there for Easter? No, we just go to each uh, my parents and her parents as well. We just spend the the whole weekend with the family. You know, of course, with kids, you're hiding eggs, coloring eggs. So. Well, I, I'm just going to color eggs. I don't give a damn if I'm a kid or not. I've colored eggs every year of my life, and, and uh, <laughs> year 51 is going to be no damn different. But that's because I like to eat boiled eggs. But we have one tradition in my family that I do not partake in because it absolutely makes me border. There's only two things I don't fucking eat that are olives. I don't give black. I will sometimes eat a green olive if I'm drunk yeah, enough. I will never eat a black olive. You couldn't force me to eat a black olive. I'd just soon chop off my own head. The second thing I do not eat, and it's the only thing, the only two things I've found that I don't eat, my mother makes them every year. 
She makes pickled eggs with beet juice. Ah. And they are absolutely okay. unedible as far as I'm concerned. And everybody else in that in the family eats them. I can't stand them. I can't stand pickled eggs. They're purple, for Christ's sakes. And when you cut them open, it smells like a beet. And it, but it tastes like, oh, God. The, the last time I threw up from a food was uh, uh, my mom made me eat some when I was six years old, and I threw up on my dinner plate. I never had to eat any more um, uh, after that, but uh, uh, I, I always look forward to the ham. We always have a big ham, and I put that big – I'll send you boys a big a, a, a picture of the jar. My mom makes like a 10-gallon damn jar of these damn pickle or these eggs. Ugh. I can't stand them. Rob, have you ever seen that? You're from Pennsylvania. That's a Pennsylvania thing from what I'm told. Um, it could be. Uh, I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of hard-boiled eggs, and I know there's probably people out there going, what's wrong with you? But I, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of hard-boiled eggs. And I, I don't care. I mean, you would have to – if you wrapped them in bacon, I don't know if I'd eat them. Damn, that's so, a pretty stout statement. But I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't eat a pickled egg and bee juice wrapped in bacon. That's for damn sure. Billy, would you eat one? I, no, I do not eat them. But, like, my family eats them as well. But that's not something I like. And I like boiled eggs, deviled yeah. eggs, uh, eggs by any way you can get them, but with pickles. Yeah, well, I, the, 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 uh, when you go to Bucky's, um, every time I go to Bucky's, this is no shit. I always buy a, a jar of pickled quail eggs. I love me some pickled quail eggs, boys. There's uh, And anytime you ever come to Sloppy Yellow the bus, there was always a jar of pickled quail eggs there. Uh, I don't mind pickled eggs, but I'm not going to eat a, a, a pickled egg and beet juice. Well, boys, this has been fun. This is probably the longest yeah. podcast we may have ever recorded. Um, but, uh, hell, that was fun. It's been, a, it's been a great season so far. We've had a lot of That's fun uh, with this thing here. And, and hell, we're, we're not even – Billy, we're 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 not even a third of the way through this season yet, and we're getting ready to go to Martinsville for Pete's sake. What a treat! Bristol dirt back to Martinsville, and then uh, Richmond, between, basically a little short track tour for us. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time when we get back up. But before that, let's all take Rob Lokes' advice. Let's uh, work on ourselves, be a good person, spend some time with some family this weekend, relax, charge the batteries again, and let's get hard after it next week for Billy Bradley for Rob Lokes. I'm Dado. Let's go see the Easter Bunny, guys. Let's do it. Go. See you guys. Happy Easter. See you guys.